0: In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, five things you can do to improve your marriage today. The Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Marriage Welcome back to another episode of Man Versus Marriage. It is I, the Q Dog, up in the hizzle for shizzle, my brizzle, and in the studio with me today is my lovely wife. I don't even have to say in the studio anymore today because you're always rocking the studio with me. So welcome back to this episode, honey. How are you?
1: Um, I'm there. I'm good.
0: Yeah, well, that's my lovely wife, Jeannie, and here we go. As promised, five things you can do to improve your marriage. And we are going to jump right into it. Looking back at when we started coaching um, over a decade ago, um, Coach Rita gave us tools that improved our marriage. Now, I don't think we got all these on the first night, but uh, we did get all these within the first one to two months, and we're going to condense it down for you into one episode. It's what I like to refer to as the MVSM High Five, and when I get better at uh, editing, I can put some emphasis on that and make it like echo and give it some authority. Okay, so here we go. When, um, when it comes down to it, these, uh, these five things are going to help you, and they're going to help you right away. Um, As we met with Coach Rita, she began to identify um, some gaps in our relationship and things that we could do for one another. And these are the five things that I did uh, to help Jeannie. So option number one. Now, I, I am going to preface this conversation to say it's up to you to dig in and learn about your wife. Learn what she needs, what her needs are, what are her base level needs to make her feel loved and certain, to make her feel like she matters, to make her feel like you give a crap about who she is. And one of the tools that Coach Rita gave us was the five love languages. And I think that was that was instrumental in us being able to uh, to identify each other's love language and what language that um, you know we are using because you, that's how you're communicating your needs. These are the needs that uh, that you have. And number one, Jeannie needed to feel like I was going to make her a priority. And how do I spell that out? She wanted to feel like she mattered. She spent... She would spend all day putting everybody else before her, and that was our eight children. And the, the children came in, in waves. Uh, we had Hunter, then we had the triplets, and then we had Ashlyn, then we had the twins, and then we had Anissa. And mixed within that was all kinds of... Crap all kinds of experiences (laughs) that were a tremendous tremendous challenge so she worked very hard at making sure like a great mother would that her children were were put first and she continually put herself on the back burner and she also put me and my needs before her and i was not doing a great job of making sure that she felt like she was a priority and what did she need to feel like she was a priority? Well, I talked to her and just kind of covered them. She needed to make sure that she felt safe and protected. She needed a sense of certainty and security. And then she needed emotional support. And I, there were things I needed to do to support her emotionally. And then... We needed a date night so I could get her away from the house and she could feel like she mattered, like she was important, like she was becoming a priority. Now, when it came to the date nights, I didn't uh, have the sense to ask her what she wanted. Now, in all fairness, honey, we would ask, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? But if I'm making you feel like a priority, I'm supposed to plan out these date nights and not continually ask, what do you want to do? So what did I do? I took her to do what I wanted to do, and we were going to watch movies. But I'm not very—I'm not being very emotionally supportive, and we're not communicating much when we're sitting in the theater. You don't talk in a movie. No, you don't. Or you eat
1: I, popcorn and you watch the movie and you shush.
0: So <laughs> there was a there was a nice lesson that was learned after that, and really the movie. I would take her to the movie because at the time. We couldn't always afford dinner and a movie, you know, And like every parent has to pay for babysitting and funds were tight. And so I and would get her away, get her, get her out of there for two hours. She, I mean, this girl, when she goes to the movies, she has to, to have the works and, um.
1: It is a must. Soda and popcorn is a must. It just is. You cannot walk into the building and not take that big inhale of butter and not go, yeah, I, I need that. I need that. Quincy can, Jeannie can't. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and that and that's some of those. That's some of those areas where I'm working to be more like you. Just you know, creating the overall experience as opposed to just being thankful for what you know. Just be thankful you're at the movies. Well, it's supposed to be an experience.
1: No, Dad.
0: Quincy Moran. <laughs> so um, there was there was some learning that was involved with that, which is like even if you don't have the money to go to a sit-down dinner. Find a way to get your wife out. This is Quincy talking to Quincy, so that you two can talk. You can put your focus and your concentration on her. It's a night dedicated to her.
1: Drive to a movie theater. We live an hour from another city, 45 minutes to another movie theater. Quincy and I have discovered when we drive somewhere and it's just the two of us, We have some pretty good conversations because there's no one in the back seat going, Dad, 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 I like baseball. I like this. I don't like this. I don't like that. We get to actually communicate and there's no interruption as long as you don't answer your phone.
0: Yeah. (laughs) If you sit there with your face in the frickin' phone the whole time, that's a waste of time. And it pisses me off. Although work sometimes demands. So, you know that's a that's a habit that's not easily broken the leash so number one the one number one for us was making sure that my wife felt like a priority my way of making her feel like a priority was to get out there and bust my hump to make sure that I was making money for the family and that was important but it wasn't what made her feel like a priority as much as meeting her emotional needs, giving her safety, making her feel safe, and uh, providing security, certainty, emotional support, and that date night. And the date night for a very long time was a non-negotiable as long as things lined up with the babysitter and the funds.
1: But we even learned then when when we had days where we didn't have a babysitter – Um, we would at least go in the room and watch a movie or pull ourselves away from everybody as much as we possibly could. With Kirsten, it was a little difficult, but for the most part, we would try to figure out some way to get a couple of hours at least away from everything.
0: Yeah, which was a very, very big deal. Number two, we committed to once a week airing the grievances, another great tool provided to us uh, by Coach Rita. and what... The heck does that mean? That means that you set time aside to intentionally talk about hard things, and those conversations that you have, you do everything in your power not to take those conversations personal. You uh, allow your spouse, and your spouse allows you to say what's on your heart, how you feel, what you're frustrated about, and just let you have your moment. And that doesn't mean you get an excuse to be a big D. That means that you share your feelings with your wife. And then you come to a conclusion on how you can better work together moving forward. And it's not like these aren't going to be hard talks. Hard talks are necessary. um, But it is a weekly appointment that will help you to work through some of those very difficult circumstances, thereby allowing you not to carry that baggage through the week. Because when you carry that baggage, it adds up. And that in itself can start to to cause some resentment. And resentment is not good in relationships. So you want to allow your spouse to have their voice, to feel like they're heard... Um, to have these hard talks to be an authentic listener, you know, share your heart, be vulnerable, and develop this it wasn't i mean i when i when I start something new, I go all in so there but there were still areas where I would refrain from going because I didn't know how much I could trust Jeannie with that information, so we did have to build some rapport. So when you air the grievances, whatever you want to call it, um, it's where you sit down and it's like, okay, honey, how's your heart? You know, I'd be bold enough to say, okay, what I screw up with, hit me with it. Um,
1: You do now. (laughs) In the beginning, we weren't.
0: Yeah. Well, in the beginning, those airing the grievances, we were really,
1: those were raw.
0: We were in the thick of, you know, me having truckloads of resentment for you um, because I felt like I was stuck in my job because of you. And that was a hard thing for me to admit. But we didn't, neither one of us realized it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about insurance, 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 insurance. And I'm thinking, you know, there's times where I'm absolutely miserable and I am looking to find something else. But I had to stay in it because of these reasons. Now, ultimately, I'm glad that I did. Um, but there's hidden resentments in there that you need to discuss. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, they're going to, they're just going to involve themselves in every emotional conversation that you have. And then when your spouse is talking, remember during these times and during all the times, try not to take it personal. Let, let that person have their feelings and don't try to justify why they don't feel that way. That is the worst thing, <laughs> and Jeannie says. I feel this way about this. Well, here's why you shouldn't. No, that's not. That is not something that you want to bring forward to your wife. She has feelings. You have feelings, you know. And as big and rugged and tough and studly as you are, you're human, and you have feelings too. And you don't want your wife, you know, to make fun of you feeling a certain way. You want to be able to develop that trust and rapport with one another, that you can share those.
1: Refrain from statements like, well, that's just stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: That didn't go well. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's not what you want to do. Um, Number three, I had to stop trying to fix all of her problems. I would overwhelm her with solutions to her problems, and I remember it very distinctly. And there's a few things that this does when you get into Mr. Fix-It mode. Um, the things that are overwhelming your wife that are real to her, they are real. When you know, My thing was, okay, well, this doesn't seem hard. Here's three things, here's three options you can use just to go fix this crap. And I didn't realize I was doing it, but I was minimizing how real these situations were to her.
1: You, in doing that, you basically are telling her that her feelings are crap. That it's 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 not a problem. Look, this is this is not a problem. You shouldn't feel like this. This is what you need to do. So you've just basically told her that she's kind of stupid. And it, yeah. and and I'm not I'm I'm not picking on you. The other thing is you just took away her voice. She's voicing something to you that is frustrating or hurtful or for me, anxiety is huge in certain circumstances. Thankfully, Quincy has learned over the years with Rita's help how to help me navigate away from it or to minimize it as much as possible. Um, Especially now with current situations, it's a big deal for both of us to be on point with where's my heart and where's my my headspace. But in the beginning, If I would say something and it was instant, well, you could do this, 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 and this. Here, I'll help you. And then he would just go into fix it mode and start moving things without actually giving me that second to go, okay, well, this would work or this might or seeing how it would affect me. It just took away my voice. And no matter what I said, it didn't matter because if I said something to you and you had a solution, what I said didn't matter, how I felt didn't matter. And it just makes the anxiety worse because now I'm not wanting to share. I'm just going to hold everything. So it's, it's good to know, especially if your partner deals with things like that. Heads up.
0: (laughs) Well, and early on, I thought I would be helpful when, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm not supposed to fix this. So I, I remember going, do you want me just to shut up and listen to this or do you actually want me to do something about it
1: (laughs) you are really good at going i'm not trying to be stupid i just want to know what's my play here yeah and (laughs) it's okay to say that i promise you're probably gonna look at you and go huh well
0: (laughs) it didn't it didn't bode well for me and it it didn't work well for us in the beginning because i don't know what it was but i think you kind of felt like I don't remember what you felt like. Anyway, all I know is it came up in the counseling session to say it it didn't work out for you because it, it was still that feeling of, why do you want to make me feel stupid for this? When my heart was in the right place. So Coach Rita gave us a tool, gave me a tool that I could use, and it's simply this. When your wife is talking about what's overwhelming her, all the problems she has, listen, just listen. Let And here's, I developed this saying, just to allow her... To let all the air out of the balloon. Just let it. Just let it go all out. And then you're, you have a very simple uh, question after that. And she can answer it. It's like, okay, honey, how can I help? And then you hear that silence. You allow her to determine... How can you help her? Or maybe you can't. Maybe she just needed to get that off her chest. Nine
1: times out of ten, I just need a sounding board to get it all off my chest because I can't go to my teenage kid who's driving me crazy and offload all those ugly words that I just said to you. Or, you know, I can't go to our son who's having a meltdown and just lay into him and level him like I would one of our typical kids for acting that way. And sometimes it's just a matter of I just need to get it out. And then sometimes it's, okay, I don't want you to fix it, but if you could help me with a few suggestions and let's try to figure out what might work. Because ultimately, if you're making the decision and you're fixing it, you're not giving her a choice. And that that can kind of come back to backfire on you.
0: Well, this, and, and you know, not being Mr. Fix-It, it kind of it kind of shakes hands with making your needs a priority because – When we're having those discussions, I can check in with you later. Just say, hey, how's your heart on this? How are you working through this? Um, Is everything okay there? How is this going? It helps me. I mean, I can give you ideas on how to fix everything all day, but you're not me. You're you. And I don't want to try to make you me. I I just want to help you, A, feel like you have a voice, and B, let you know that I care about what you're saying, and if you need my help, I would love to help you.
1: Well, and you're that person that when you find something that will help you get better or improve or make your life easier, you latch onto it, and it's like switch the flip, flip the switch.
0: We'll do both of those.
1: And Quincy's, that's it. You're done. I'm going. This is what I'm doing, period. I take some time to kind of mull over it, what's going to work, what's not going to work, and then eventually, if it's what's going to work for me, it will click. If not, then we usually come back together and say, okay, this isn't going to work. So do you need me to step in yet? Do you need me to help you find something else? You know, do we need to go see Rita? Do you need to go to a different outlet? It just, you, once you develop that level of communication, it's real easy to figure out in a situation. Most of the time now, you know, based on what's coming out of my mouth. Okay, this is just a sit back and listen situation. Rarely or if it's major is when you question now and say, Okay, what do you need from me in this? Because they're like our with all the COVID garbage and everything everybody's been dealing with, it's real simple. When things get overwhelming, that's the first thing he says is, Okay, where do you need me in this? What can I do? And then we can determine from there, is it just sounding off or is it do I need a hug? What do I need? You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Very good, and um, one of the next tools was ensuring that you made self-care a priority for you, and I had to facilitate that. sounds like a business yeah. term, but when I would come home from work, what she would do in the past was like rail. Here's every single thing that every kid did that was wrong, and ah, now I'm out. I'm going to go sit with Kirsten, and you fix this, you deal with that. That's what, I mean, and obviously you needed (laughs) needed some relief. But what we decided would work moving forward was like, okay, honey, I'm home. You always get the first kiss. You always get the first hug. You are the most important. Here, I'm going to love on you. Now, take your tail upstairs or, you know, not at that time. Take yourself into the room, get a bath, and I will, you know, take over for the kids. I would need to come home and you know, take 15 minutes or so after giving you a hug and a kiss and uh, kind of, you know, burn off all the, the fog from work.
1: Change clothes and switch gears.
0: And then come out and just engage with the children so she could go and get some time in the bath, get some time to read, and get some time to, you know, relax from an intensive day or getting um, an
1: hour's sleep because Kiki wasn't letting us sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whatever whatever it was, and see, your situation, you know, obviously it's not likely it's gonna be the same as ours. And you have to go down this list and say, Okay, I wanna learn what's important for my wife, but making sure that your wife has self care, like a mandatory self care protocol of some sort, you know, don't don't do a Quincy thing where like it's like, okay. Once he said of this. He said on the podcast today, you have to have self care. Here's the five things you're gonna go upstairs and do, or you're gonna go to the room and do. You're gonna do all these things every single day.
1: No, no that
0: you develop this plan with your wife because it is self care after all. What is she doing so that she feels like she gets some adult time to herself, and you know she has time to relax. To let the stress burn away. And then when she comes out for supper or whatever your plan is for the evening, she she's at least had that moment to take a breath.
1: Well, and you... We had a listener a while back. Um, him and his wife have twins. And one of the conversations that came up was she was stressed and overwhelmed all the time and he wanted to make it better. So he came home and decided he was just going to do the dishes and do something. Yeah. Just to take it off of her plate. And it frustrated her because it kind of set off this alarm of, well, is he upset because they didn't get it done? Is he upset because the house is a mess? Okay, first of all, if you have more than one child, if you have one child, I don't care what anybody else says, it ain't easy when you're an at-home parent because that little person, yes, some of them nap, but sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you don't get anything done because you are hands-on on that child. Okay, we had several at the time. So I was hands on 24 7. There was no, it was like, okay, cool. They're sleeping for like 20 minutes. Go change the laundry fast. But it was never, our house was a mess for a really long time. But when it came down to him finally, we're like, well, did you ask her? Like, do you want me to do the dishes? Would it help you if I gave the kids a bath and gave you a break? And that's what it turned out to be. Well, if you could come in and maybe give the kids a bath and get their bedtime routine started so that I could finish up the dishes and then you and I could have some time together. Yeah. Her need wasn't self-care. Her need was, I have kids, dishes, you. If you could take over getting them ready for bed so that I could finish up my day-to-day so that you and I could have an hour alone before we have to go to bed... Dude, sitting down and chilling and watching an episode on T V with Quincy is probably like the one part of the day that we look forward to where y'all need to leave us alone. Yeah. I don't even care what we're watching. Half the time I'm not even paying attention to the TV. It's just sitting quiet with you in the room and not having anything else to deal with.
0: Well, in that in, in their situation specifically, you know, finding out what her needs are and making those a priority will help in the self care because When he went and did the dishes, which is what he thought would work, it made her feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. But if he gave, you know, the kids a bath, then she could go and have her own time, whether it's in the room or reading, she... That is something that took a lot off of her plate that, you know, no pun intended, the dishes weren't the big deal.
1: No, but it gave her the option. If yes. she wanted to go finish the dishes, she could finish the dishes, and then she had time with him. If she wanted to go take a bath or go relax and read a book, she had that time while he took over the kids right. to do whatever it was that she needed to get out of her way. Mm-hmm. And then when they come together, that time is is better Look, dude, if you're looking to get laid, I'm telling you that's the easiest way to go because if she's calm and she's had that time and she can relax now because the kids are handled and whatever else is on her plate is handled and she feels better about herself, it's a whole lot easier for me to connect with Quincy when everything else is handled.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then thing number five is this. Thing number five is... One thing that revolutionized our marriage is creating buzzwords. And Coach Rita gave us this. The biggest, the most impactful buzzword that we had, and we do have many, and I have a plan to do a show about buzzwords, so you and your wife can create your own language that helps to de escalate intense moments.
1: They're fair warnings. It's like this is coming and something in your brain switches and goes, Okay, hold on. I have to I have to switch to this. This mindset so that I don't blow your head off. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there would
0: be things during the day that I would recall that we need to get done, and Jeannie would have her day planned out. She's very much of, I need to have, this is my plan, this is my routine, do not get in my way, do not give me anything else, because what she gets done, she gets done. And for me, my whole job was... What chaos is coming my way so I could fix it? And I I work very well in those circumstances. So what I would do is call home and say, hey, honey, I don't know what you have planned for the day, but uh, remember this thing, that thing, the other thing, and then if you can really quickly do this, and that would just spin her brain out of control. She would get mad. And then those things wouldn't get done, and I would get pissed because I didn't think she cared. And my my frame of mind was, look, I'm just a knucklehead. My wife is a lot smarter than I am. So there's only one reason she's not getting these things done that are very important is because she doesn't give a crap. And that bothers the heck out of me. And so that was a big cause of contention between us. And it led to some pretty serious arguments when really... I didn't realize I was dropping a nuclear bomb in her world. <laughs>
1: Quincy's the guy who could make a list of things that needed to happen that day. And if you called him and said, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z, he would just add it to the side of the list. And as he's going through his day, he can get those three things done. I am the person that has a list of things to do. When you call me and say, I need to do X, Y, and Z, my whole list goes.
0: Well, and, you, <laughs> and
1: I don't know where to put it because I'm planned down to that time frame of, I have this much time to get this much done for this many people and you want me to do what? (laughs) Right.
0: So Coach Rita, you know, gave us a beautiful tool that I'm able to kind of prep Jeannie with if there's a situation and she uses it for me, which, you know, most of the time for me it's not a big deal unless somebody forgot to take my package of steak out of the freezer. I think
1: it's more to tell you I'm having a speed bump so you need to know in case you call me. Gotcha. I've... We had a couple in the last week where I'll text him real quick. Speed bump, which is obviously our word that says, okay, stop everything. Slow your mind for a minute. Don't panic. But we need to shift gears. Just by telling me that, it lets me know, okay, don't get mad. That means that there's something that I need to know. It's important. And it also tells me I need to take a step back for a second right. and reprioritize some things. When I send it to him, it's letting him know, Something just landed in my lap. I am losing my ever-loving mind, and I need to tell you what's happening. And nine times out of ten, he will call me. Okay? So this is happening. Where are you? To check on me, because Mm -hmm. that's my word to tell you shit's just gone everywhere and i don't know what to do with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and when i'm when i'm saying uh speed bump to her, it's either a problem or something that needs to be made a priority.
1: Yeah, we don't use it loosely. It's not like speed bump, "Hey, i need you to go and, you know, change wash my underwear today." It's it's not that kind of right. situation. It's more like we have plans to go to dinner tonight. Boss is in town. I'm getting out late. We're not going to make it. And I've been planning all day for this babysitter and this date. We've been planning it for a week, and he knows I'm excited. And it's like, okay, speed bump. You need to know this is not intentional. Prepare. We're going to go. We're just going to go late. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 more to make sure that I don't go into destructo mode right away.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, there are so many things that we have to share with you that have made our marriage better. But the fact is, is none of it works if you don't work on it together and you don't do it on purpose. You you have to be intentional about the things that you're doing. And I'm telling you, these things, I, you you notice in there, I didn't put sex in any of these. But here's the deal.
1: Get these five, you're going to get sex. I'm <laughs> just saying.
0: <laughs> sex becomes... Bonus. Bonus. Sex is a result. It is the fruit of this labor of investing in these things that will change and improve your marriage. Because by me making her a priority, we're connecting more.
1: Well, and it becomes a want and a need, not just a staple in the marriage. It's not just that time of making sure we're not fighting, we're coming together. So, okay, we're having sex and we're good. That's that's not it. It changes the level of sex, the level of intimacy. The connection is way, way different than what it was a decade ago. It's very, very different because the priorities have shifted and we're both in a different place where we understand each other more and that makes the intimacy that much better it makes your willingness to be vulnerable your willingness to experiment however you want to look at it it opens that part of your life up so much more because that's the rawest place and the most vulnerable of the marriage that when these other things click it's a whole hell of a lot easier to be completely vulnerable and forthcoming (laughs) no pun intended with you know, th- that particular part of your marriage. It's a huge, huge difference for you and I now.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, these are a common, these have become a common practice within our marriage because we worked hard at implementing them. And now instead and like of... like good sex. Ooh, <laughs> I think like is probably like an understatement. Well, <laughs> but, um,
1: somewhat PG-13-ish on the mic. Somewhat.
0: You're never PG-13, woman.
1: That's not true. According to PG-13, you can say the F word now, so thank you very much.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, there you go. Five things that will potentially improve your marriage. I'm going to say five things that will flat out improve your marriage. The man versus marriage high five. High five. Go give your wife a high five uh, today. Give your relationship a high five. And if you find an Auburn fan, give them a high five upside the hair. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Roll tide, everybody. Anyway, this is Quincy Moran. She is Jeannie Moran. And this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.